0: Most organizations, most enterprises have really understood the importance of digital in their organization. I think it has become now, how do organizations really respond to their clients or their customers uh, in a way in which uh, it delivers what is expected of them, but also is, uh, you know, enables them to, to leap ahead or, or stay competitive at the, at the very least
1: as we know the pandemic has sped up the adoption of digital technologies across all organizations and some who are quite new to technology in terms of wider adoption so today we're joined by and digital's steven patterson to talk about the issues and the challenges that these organizations are facing this is tech talks your twice weekly technology podcast with myself david savage today joined by akish where we talk to leaders from across the industry and bring you some news and insight Akeesh. Hello. Sporting a new haircut.
2: Oh, thank God for the Barber's opening, eh? Absolutely lovely that was. Um, but yeah, got a haircut last night. Got a
1: fade, short back and sides. Yeah, it's just a beautiful experience it's... going in and, uh, oh. and asking for a, oh, so for a haircut. Oh, it's that's... so good. It, it Mate, also... the, queues, the queues outside the Barber's, endless. Just yeah, broke, it's chaos. I, three days. Mm. There was at least... Five, six people queued outside constantly.
2: Mm. Yeah. But also, do you know what the thing was? In in my barbers, the, the the door's in the middle. And then one side is a queue for those that are just walking in. And then the other side are the appointments. And the appointments, you feel like a VIP because you literally just, because there's no one stood there, you just kind of go in. They're like, oh, yeah, 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 go on, come in. Um, <laughs> you kind of go in and all the other guys just stood there, like looking at you, like going... Oh but yeah so uh,
1: just... so there's there's a couple of salons that were appointment only but there is a barbers which is literally just a walk-in service. Oh is it? Yeah 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 yeah. Mate they have, they have just been killing it. Mm. Got Aren't the whole it... the whole Turkish uh flames on your ears in oh, right. did all, did all the Turkish crazy yeah. shit. The full um, works,
2: the full works. Oh yeah.
1: Mate just just felt I walked out of there I was like I could feel air against my scalp in, oh. in a way that hasn't oh i haven't
2: i haven't seen my scalp and the first time he started cutting it i was like oh i haven't seen my scalp in months so uh yeah no very very good um anyway loved it yes <laughs> we digress that's
1: one that's one that's one technology or that's one sorry well that's one business that probably isn't going to go through digital transformation many have and we're going to talk about that today with and digital with the head of consulting Stephen. we'll hand over to these of you we'll be back with some commentary afterwards this morning, I'm talking to Stephen. Stephen, you're the Chief for Consulting at AND Digital. How are you this morning?
0: I'm very well. Thanks, Dave.
1: Recording on a Thursday, so nearly there. Has it been a busy week?
0: Yeah, as always, I think we've had a really busy start to the uh, to the year. Uh, in fact, uh, it was probably a busy end to last year and uh, equally as busy start to, to this one. So uh, yeah, it's uh, which is, is great. We're, we're enjoying being this busy.
1: It's probably a bit of a, a stupid question asking a, a consultancy called and digital if they're busy at the minute right
0: <laughs> i think we're we're lucky to be in the 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 industry and the sector we are we're we're definitely part of of helping i think a lot of different uh, businesses and companies accelerate you know their plans for for digital e-commerce and and technology so yeah we're very lucky to be in the sector
1: what exactly does a chief for consulting do
0: that's a great question, actually. My my team would uh, probably ask that question as well, I suspect. Um, really, our our whole emphasis in, in consulting and my, my whole drive is to provide great advice, of course, to our clients around what they should be doing, what digital transformation might mean for them, and how we can help them really accelerate uh, their business plans through digital solutions. Um, so providing great advice providing great insight building strategies with them but i guess more importantly paving the way for uh, and or for for the client themselves to to actually really build uh new solutions to take to market for for their customers so really kind of we're we're paving the way
1: so something there jumps out at me because i'm running a panel this afternoon by the time this goes out it will have long gone but uh, one of the questions to that panel is is along the lines of what earth does digital transformation actually mean now, right? Because we, we spoke rather casually about digital transformation for a long time before the pandemic, but now I've heard people kind of talk about this a new being a new era of digital transformation, mm. um, and a lot of organisations are, are having to really heavily invest in technology. So, what what does it mean?
0: Yeah, it's a a great question. I think they they, they probably the context of what it perhaps meant five years ago, 10 years ago, and what it means now is probably quite different. I think most organizations, most enterprises have really understood the importance of digital in their organization. I think it has become now how do organizations really respond to their clients or their customers uh, in a way in which uh, it delivers w- what is expected of them but also is uh, you know enables them to to leap ahead or or stay competitive at the at the very least um so actually perhaps it's it's next gen digital transformation just to throw in some more jargon there it is about actually how does uh, how does an organization really take advantage of the opportunities that the market has now created the world has now created as a as a consequence uh to uh, to to stay ahead of the competition
1: i guess you know we, we we say it's jargon but it does actually have relevance now because responding to customers has never been more critical, right? Because customer expectations are evolving probably quicker than they ever have. When you're talking to your clients, do they do they know what they? I mean, I'm assuming that, that it's quite obvious. You know, as you said, it's it's a case of survival here for for a lot of firms. But do they really truly understand what their customers want?
0: I think a lot of the progressive organisations that we work with, uh, large and small. Uh, actually do talk to their customers. They do work with their customers, go through the full research, go through all of the, uh, the testing and actually involve uh, a number of those end users and, and customers in that process to help them shape the solutions. And it's, it's something we advocate as well, that uh, rather than the organization themselves just presuming uh, that they understand or know what type of solution will resonate really well in the market, in, in which they operate, actually working really closely with the customers, getting them involved, you know, being part of uh, or designing a solution, is is so critical uh, to get as much of that feedback early, um, so that when a product is released or a new solution is released into the market, actually it's, it has a chance of succeeding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we see those that are successful having you know following that type of, of approach.
1: I suppose one interesting thing to pick out then would be about pace we often have spoken about the pace of change in the technology industry but now they're you're probably in this situation where there might be some organizations who weren't digital first throughout more more jargon but have had to really heavily invest in technology and are probably doing so rapidly and the c-level technology staffs so either the cio or cto may be under pressure from their board to deploy technology to to enable customers to continue to buy services from the board. And there might be a slight tension between doing that as rapidly as possible versus not taking shortcuts when it comes to security or infrastructure or creating a whole load of legacy, undue legacy, that might affect the firm further down the line, right?
0: I think that's right. I think the I think it's and uh, as opposed to, to versus. Actually, for me, I think the two things can absolutely coexist. The idea of working and operating at pace and doing this in a really... Uh, secure uh, and resilient way. I think that that is absolutely critical. I, I, I think the the pressure on CIOs and CTOs uh, today uh, is, it, for me, is much more around how closely connected they are with the business strategy, the commercial strategy, the business imperatives, and and how they will not just support that from a technology perspective, but be part of that answer. Uh, you know, help really shape. Uh, you know what those—not just those solutions look like, but actually what, the, what what impact those solutions make for for the customers in the markets. And you know I see more and more with with almost all of the clients we work with, those CIOs and those CTOs that are most successful in those organisations as a result, that are most successful are uh, those that get that that connection right um so for me it is about the end it is you can do all of those aspects you can have a a great uh you know set of of technology solutions and products and you can be secure and you can operate and and work at uh, a pace I, I think maybe just one other reflection perhaps on on this point as well the bit that i think really makes all of that sort of come together is when uh you know our clients or or large enterprises in particular have their own teams, their own capability within their organization that really have the type of skills required to move at pace. Those that really understand the customers, as we referred to earlier, uh, those that really understand the importance of their proposition that they're taking to market. Um, so that uh, the type of solutions that are delivered, that are delivered uh, in a more joined up way across the organization, so you've got all of the different functions working together, as mm-hmm. opposed to uh, relying upon third parties all the time to uh, provide uh, that additional type of capability. And, and for us, that is that is really, really important, that idea of being digital in the inside, supporting the CIs, CTOs, chief digital officers to work and operate at that level of pace uh, required to
1: just out of interest, then when you're giving advice to firms, who do you typically tend to find that you're spending more time with? Is it is it the CIO, the CTO, the CDO, in terms of this, this is possible, this is what you can do, this is how you can achieve those goals, or is it the CEO saying, look, these these are the these are the things that you've got to be aware of? I assume there's an element of both, but I'd just be kind of interested where most of your time, where most of your focus as a consulting firm tends to fall?
0: yeah it's it traditionally um i think the you know we we have spent most of our time with cios ctos and and chief digital officers i think that is that has been the the case probably 80% uh, of our time is is probably at that uh, at that part of the organization however i i think that's changed over the last couple of years as well i think increasingly ceos and coos and finance directors actually as well come to that have become uh, you know, not just technology savvy, but actually understand the imperative that technology is now playing and data. So not, not just technology, but technology and data is now playing in the success of their organization. Or if it's not currently playing a uh, success in their organization, then absolutely they get the fact that it, you know, 100% needs to. So I think increasingly our conversations are happening, you know, across that that sort of CXO group. Um, and, you know, I spend, personally, I spend a lot of time actually working with marketing directors, CEOs, um, and and more recently, a number of, of uh, our retail clients, uh, you know, helping them really kind of solve that challenge. How do they close the gap between where their technology might be today, uh, and where their business plan, their very ambitious business plans often, uh, are pointing in? So how do they, how do they really kind of fill that gap and, and build a, a roadmap that enables them to deliver that plan. Um, so yeah, I often find that that is a more of a CEO type conversation than, than ever.
1: Now, one thing that when we were prepping for this interview that you talked a little bit about was was about the need to separate transformation and change. And sometimes, I don't know, maybe I'm guilty of throwing out those those words in, in very similar contexts. Well, what exactly do you mean by the difference between transformation and change?
0: Um, okay, so I, I think the well, I, I, I probably uh, actually I probably mean something a little bit different, uh, which is more the run and operate and and change. I think probably change and and transformation maybe are uh, you know very very similar. Uh, let's rephrase this. Time. Yeah, let's
1: let's go with this again. Um, when we were prepping for this interview, we talked a little bit around how business is evolving and. You talked about the need to separate out run and operate uh, from transformation and change. Why do you pinpoint that as something that organisations need to be aware of?
0: Yeah, it's a really great question. I, th- I think the, the the whole idea of being able to safely, securely, uh, and in a resilient way look after technology, um, and at the same time uh, enable uh, change to happen at, at pace uh, often means that the way um, a, a lot of businesses need to to operate and organize themselves uh, uh, is is almost a, a sort of in a dual speed or, or multi-speed uh, way so that uh, you have a team perhaps that that just focuses on that run and operates and support and maintenance of existing systems and platforms and then at a different pace, Uh, you have a a different part of the organization or a different part of the technology function or uh, product delivery function that is really focused on customer experience and customer change at pace. Uh, And actually being able to separate the two things uh, really creates that opportunity to give that level of focus that that both areas require, but requires different levels of capability, requires different skill sets, requires different levels of of focus, both equally important, absolutely. And then from, from change, eventually, those things that are enabled and are new are obviously passed across to, to run and operate. So the whole thing is a bit cyclical in that way. Uh, but they are very different uh, levels of of focus. And I think the, the reason why I sort of brought this up uh, uh, previously uh, it's because actually, I think it requires a different type of mindset, a different type of potentially a different type of CIO, a different type of, of chief technology officer that uh, perhaps uh, you know is is either comfortable focused on run and operate, or is more comfortable focused on on change. And perhaps you know that that's the different world in which you know the more successful organisations are, are starting to operate. And that's that's certainly where where we spend a lot of time discussing those opportunities with uh, with our clients
1: you talk there about mindset and 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 the outlook of the cto i suppose it's not just mindset but skill sets right to to achieve what you're talking about here you need people in an organization with a certain degree of of aptitude and skill set around digital is is do a lot of firms have that at the moment or if they haven't got that how can they go about creating those skills to make sure that they they can support this this change
0: yeah, you no, know, it, it's it's uh, it's definitely one that uh, you know from from our perspective, from an end digital perspective, you know, one of the reasons why we exist is is to help organisations build that level of skill set and capability, not just build things with them, but actually help them uh, on on that particular track. And the reason why that is a core part of our proposition is that often the organisations that we start working with don't have that, but aspire to build up a, a level of skills, a level of capability. A level of expertise that that they recognise themselves is required to deliver at pace, to deliver the customer solutions that uh, the market uh, requires and the organisation as a, an overall strategy requires. So uh, often we we find that there there are gaps in in that space. Why are there 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 are gaps? Well, I, I, there are a number of different reasons. I, I think one is. That uh, you know traditionally, uh, and this is true, I think, of a range of different enterprises and businesses. They have relied on third parties to date. They've outsourced a lot of their uh, their, their development activity or or engineering activity, but have now recognised there is a different way of of approaching. Uh, digital transformation and digital delivery. Uh, and actually, I think recognizing that is is step one. I think the, one of the other aspects, though, is that those that uh, have not only just recognized it, but perhaps are struggling to recruit because the war for talent is significant. So being able to offer a proposition to a level of talent um, that that means that they come, they will join, uh, they will come on board, they will be part of the team that will really drive digital forward for the organisation. You know that's not easy. So um, being able to create that brand and create that almost that employee value proposition that uh, enables them to get the best talent inside so that they can then start to, to move at pace is, is really a critical part of, of this whole way of working. Back to my digital and the inside uh, perspective, that, that is really quite an important aspect to, to how you, you, you start really acquiring the right level of talent at that point.
1: You talk there about the employee value proposition. So what, what do you think best in practice looks like here? What do you think it attracts and keeps people?
0: i think that you know first of all i mean clearly you know the culture and the values of an organization is clearly very very important um the the type of type of work the type of technology the type of challenge uh the uh, the career uh, progression opportunities uh the people they will be working with within the organization um you know the 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 opportunity to be able to to build and innovate uh, on uh, emerging technologies, you know all of those aspects, I think really sort of come together uh, overall that uh, that that means it becomes an attractive place to work. You know it's interesting we we work with a lot of organizations that are still dealing with legacy, some you know really old legacy, some you know relatively uh, old legacy, and actually that can be, uh, an area of concern for a number of of new people that perhaps are thinking about joining an organization, but if it's all tech and I have to integrate with it, that's going to be a problem, actually. However, uh, you know the way in which you know we advocate, a number of others advocate this as well, the, the concept of progressively replatforming, that idea of breaking technology into chunks, incrementally moving away from, from old uh, infrastructure and tech stacks, moving into much more of the SaaS and cloud and API-first economy... Starts to really kind of uh, you know open up all sorts of new technology innovation, and that's very attractive for a lot of people. So rather than it being posed as a replace all of our legacy platforms and integrate with technology that's thirty years old, mm-hmm. there's a different way around that, and I, I think that's attractive to a lot of, of technology folks that are looking for that next career challenge.
1: Look, Stephen, we've covered quite a lot of ground in quite a short space of time. If anyone's listening and and they were they were looking for those. One or two steps that you would really advise that their organisation thinks about. What do you think is top of the agenda right now as we sit sit here coming into the spring of 2021?
0: I think the the idea of um, moving. You know, I've talked about it uh, a number of times. This idea of moving at pace. Uh, this, this idea of there there isn't time to 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 hang around. I think a lot has been learned over the last 12 months or so around what works really well. Uh, in, in the digital economy today and what doesn't work so well. So there's been a lot of uh, you know pressure put on you know standard business models and standard ways of working and and a lot of pressure put on the the current technology stack. So being able to really understand where you are today, where those pressure points are, and how you can incrementally, but at pace, Move on from that particular point. I think is is uh, it, for me is is one of the biggest learnings, and we've seen that through, you know, click and collect uh, challenges, some of the the challenges that have of you know, retailers have been facing around their ability to be able to get product out when customers expect it and the time they expect it, and so on. So I think a lot of those type of models uh, have uh, have highlighted that need. Uh, I think the other point. And, and and not to 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 go too much into this again, but the point of being able to have your own people with your own skill set that actually understands your business challenge, understands your market in which you operate, and can support that idea of of operating at pace. You know who better to do that than the folks that that really own your IP, uh, connected across your organisation, know your customers, know the type of things that will work well uh, than uh, than others that that may just not quite get there at the timeframes that, yeah. that are required.
1: Look, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. I know you've had a busy week, um, nearly the weekend, uh, so hopefully you get a chance to relax. But uh, thank you for freeing up some time to talk to us and enjoy the rest of your day. Good, thanks very much. Cheers. To me, there's a bit of a catch-22 going on here. Mm-hmm you need talent to drive your digital proposition, but yep. you need a digital proposition to hire the talent. And it's really important how much he stresses in the back half of that interview about the employee value proposition. Yeah. Um, because it is it is one of those perennial things, and we know it working for a talent organization. Um, you want technology professionals want to play with the latest toys.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I, And I think where there's a war for talent, sometimes... The talent decides on, you know, kind of what agency, what consultancy, what organization want to work with based on the toys, so to speak, that they can play with. And if you're not up to scratch with the latest toys and, you know, they, they don't want to play with you, um, mm. which then I guess has a, a knock on effect on, you know, things being delayed, not getting the right people in projects being, um, you know, kind of put on hold or paused and Ultimately, not hitting your, your your kind of goals right, and, um, and
1: and not hitting your targets. And I think it's really interesting because there, there does need to be some practical advice here because there's so many organisations that are possibly kind of new to the world of technology, right? That are going through digital transformation for the first time. We, we we've talked about this great effect of the pandemic and how it's it's pushed through transformation in the last year hmm. but we've also talked about the fact that it's not it's not your cutting bleeding edge tech firms it's 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 smes it's companies who are new to this who are going online and, and having to really kind of get in gear uh, and they are not going to be able to offer the latest toys to hmm. the best tech professionals in a market where there's already considerable strain on the skills that are available to help drive through this kind of work
2: yeah and and i think and i think it's so hard right at the moment with organizations just people trying to keep up just people trying to uh i guess organize things and and have things in in place it's just so hard for for organizations i guess to to play ball with each other right and unfortunately that's where you have you either have a great bloody idea and that makes you go you know further than everyone else or you have a mediocre idea but you have all the support the infrastructure and the digital technology around it and the people to then help you go you know through the roof do you know what i mean so i think mm. i think that's probably where we're seeing that the, the difference at the moment um i would say you either have or you don't but i think that's probably not the case in in in, in this argument
1: um yeah as a recruiter when he's talking about old tech and that that's where the problem is you know that that's a problem for me as a candidate um he talks about progressively re-platforming and how that opens new opportunity don't talk about replacing think about it in a different way and the opportunities that 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 generates that's that's actually to be fair
0: Hmm.
1: a really good way that i might not have thought about it i mean maybe i would but you, you, you if i think back to my days as a hands-on recruiter talking about progressively replatforming and what an opportunity that is is a really nice positive spin that might get someone to go you know what i can be on a journey here and really have a say in how that organization evolves
2: yeah and also it just it just gets rid of the blimmin transformation word because everything's transformation everything's transform yeah, yeah, yeah. this transform that you know it, it just gives a whole new new scope of things but also I think with something where it's kind of progressively changing, you're you're almost setting up the the best picture where you say, Look, we're not there yet. We're not, you know, kind of at the end goal, but we're getting there, you know? Um yeah. and we have all the plans, all the kind of budgets and focus in order to get ourselves there as compared to oh you know we're leading a a, a market or you know industry defining transformation and doing this and doing that and it's like well okay are you um so yeah i, I think i think that's that's kind of key and it also puts people in the best position if they are going into an organization like that to know exactly what they're stepping into um because yeah. because <clears throat> how many times do we see it right where people go oh you know i, I got sold the dream and Uh, you know nothing's changed in a year Um, and unfortunately we don't want to be in that place and I don't don't think organisations now can be in that place because everything is changing so quickly Um,
1: yeah and we'll continue to do so for for some
2: time I think. 100% yeah yeah I think uh, I think the pandemic would just accelerate growth
1: if anything Uh well look Stephen thank you for being our guest on this week's show we're going to take a quick advert break and when we come back I've got a couple of questions for you Akish Oh. A couple of years ago, Michael and Jacob, two friends from London, were both thinking about their consumption and sustainability as a whole. Michael, a professional footballer at the time, realised he had no options when it came to sustainable sportswear. Overconsumption and underuse was all too common. Hilo was born, a sportswear brand fighting for the planet by changing mindsets. They started with a running shoe made with seven natural materials, and the shoe can be recycled at the end of its life. As a company, they've offset their carbon to beyond zero, making them carbon negative. You can find out more about Hilo and support their mission at hiloathletics.com. That's H-Y-L-O. We support the Hilo movement. Right, two quick things that I spotted online that I was, I was keen to talk about. First of all, drop your phone in water. Isn't working. What do you do? I've
2: actually done this year. I've... <laughs> I've- Put it in a box of rice. Overnight. No, wrong yeah. answer,
1: right? If this was QI, it would be the big red cross going, no, 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 oh, so really? there's an article, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so the rice is the obvious answer, but it's also the wrong answer. It right. won't actually work. Um, so yeah, it's, there's a whole article in The Guardian today about what to do if you drop your phone in water. Uh, don't put it in a box of rice. It's a myth that rice helps dry your phone out. So if you've ever thought, put it in rice. Total old wives' tale. Doesn't work, right? Yeah. turn the device off immediately um it talks then about shaking your phone very 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 gently right trying to try and get the, the the water out of all the sockets and stuff yeah. drying it with paper towels but then the thing that i thought was quite interesting after kind of taking out the sim card and stuff uh it also talks about a compressed aerosol air duster to the blow the water out if you have any mm. and then drying it in front of a fan but then Leave your phone in an airtight container full of silica gel packets. Those small packets you get inside new shoes. Oh, and so there's no point chucking them away then. Ah, exactly. A use for all those useless silica gel so packets. So they
2: do there have there. a use. I always used to think, what are these? And, and also... They draw moisture out. <laughs> ah, okay. And also, if you ever open one of them, they go everywhere. I don't know if anyone's kind of tried. I've never it. opened them. Have you not? All uh, right, yeah, yeah, I have. Why um, did you, I did, really? Well, I don't know. I was just curious one day and went, oh, what is actually in these? Everywhere. Um like a gel, I guess,
1: but mm, little balls,
2: isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, maybe I should start keeping them. Um,
1: not rice, airtight container not with silica rice.
2: gel. Do you know what? The rice thing is true, right? Because I then. Uh, Mate, we've just you... discussed
1: the fact that it's not No, 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 as
2: in it, it worked. It did work. However, Someone I then. else worked? However, I, I then found rice stuck in there where I need to put my charger in. <laughs> New <laughs> bit problems. Of, bit of basmati rice in there. <laughs> uh,
1: the other thing that I wanted to talk about um, very, very quickly. Yahoo Answers is being shut down, which is no. a real shame. Because uh, anyone who's old enough will remember that that Yahoo Answers was the original kind of knowledge sharing platform <laughs> where you basically turned to to um, to to random kind of let's find out what the internet can tell me about X, Y, and Z. Um, and the 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 Guardian again uh, has has listed um, some of the best questions that people put into Yahoo Answers including Can Babies See Ghosts? Right. Yeah. How Do I Turn Caps Lock Off? Written entirely <laughs> in Caps Lock. <laughs> and it's brilliant if you read it. It's, it's just very, cool. very This good. problem is literally ruining my life and tearing my family apart. <laughs> uh, oh. do, you, do you think humans will ever walk on the sun? Wow. Yeah. Uh, can vampires have children? Okay do spiders stay in the same place i was in bed on the laptop and suddenly noticed a spider next to me and i screamed so loud and i'm still really frightened my mum couldn't find it and now i'm the only person in the house i'm in another room and i'm still scared to go back in my room i've seen like 10 spiders in the past few days and some big some small but this one was big do you think it's still in my room also do <laughs> spiders mostly appear in winter or just in summer
2: <laughs> oh that is chaos was, was, uh, y- was and- yahoo the original Ask Jeeves platform do you remember that I back in the day? Yeah, Ask Jeeves th- was th- just a th- search engine, wasn't it? Was it? Because I, I, I thought Ask Jeeves then got bought by Yahoo and then it turned into Yahoo. I don't know, because I think Ask Jeeves was quite legendary. Because I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember having a lot of fun when I was in school on Ask Jeeves. Um, but yeah, nah. Wow. That, that is really yeah. old, isn't it? That is really,
1: really old. Um, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, other other favourites, very quickly. My cat eats Jeeves and onion crisps. Uh finding out whether that's normal and should I undo the top button on my polo shirt at school we have a polo shirt as part of our school uniform I do the top button on my polo shirt and I think it looks good as does my girlfriend but the rest of my friends thinks it looks weird and I should undo my top button <laughs> the stuff that people turn to the internet for
2: them. brilliant i think i think whoever that guy was he should uh, yeah he should probably undo it at school uh, <laughs> <laughs> unless unless he's some you know Essex raver then uh, yeah then you have you have your top no no offense to any Essex ravers that listen to this but yeah <laughs>
1: Anyway, oh. so yeah, that's shutting down, which is a shame, but check that out because it's it's worth a giggle reading through some of the best the best questions that were asked by people to the internet. What's There's actually the a board one? game I've got mate called Weird Things People Search For, which is taken from genuine Google searches. Really? It's brilliant. It's a brilliant game. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the
2: what's the weirdest thing you've googled recently?
1: Recently? Oh, mate, I've no idea. No. Oh. I've done a lot of Googling about health, I'll be honest, which is quite boring and throws up all sorts of random rubbish. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, fair enough. Fair
2: enough. uh, The other night I was having a conversation with someone and I was Googling if there is an average uh, height that a house must be in the UK. Is there? No, I couldn't find any kind of definitive answer. So we we, we were kind of just saying, you know, how price per square foot in London is ridiculous. Um, And then we were saying you know anyone has a any size a house and you can just charge extortion for it but um yeah so i'll try to google that so if anyone that listens to this knows uh, or anyone that's a town planner or whatever let me know because uh, i couldn't find the right answer um so yeah quite weird. Key
1: chances there you go <laughs> or quiche questions right yeah. okay that's all we got time for today thanks very much for listening we'll be back next week cheers i don't care i'm not talking.